Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. All right, 13 days before Selection Sunday. Two weeks from today, we'll be sifting through a bracket, trying to make sense of it. Uh, as we welcome in our bracketologist, Tim Kruger, we are down to uh, crunch time. We'll talk about another great event coming up uh, that includes uh, Tim, one of the top bracketologists in the country, the Mock Selection Committee for Bracketologists, coming up this uh, weekend. Um, but good morning, sir. I, we're not going to waste any time because we got a lot of questions that people want answers to. Are you ready? I'm ready, but I, I would have enjoyed the segue better when I was on the phone before. You were talking about a total embarrassment with Fran McCafferty, and I thought, what a great segue to me. <laughs> but, well, you, your thoughts on what you saw? I mean, you watched the end of that game, that, that act that he pulled. We were actually doing our uh, post-game instant reaction show on our YouTube channel, Blue Jay Banner, and uh, yeah, I, I was kind of flicking back and forth. And I, Wait a minute, wasn't this just a 12-point game like a minute ago? Yeah, it was crazy. What a crazy ending. Uh, yeah, that, that whole, the whole weekend at Carver Hawkeye was uh, crazy when it comes to Fran and the comeback and then what Caitlin Clark did yesterday. Before we go any further, I, we, we have been doing this, the net ranking for a while, and we kind of assume that everybody knows how it works. And, you know, Creighton fans are looking at where their net ranking is. Nebraska basketball fans are trying to figure out for, you know, how the NIT would work. And they look at the net, where Nebraska's net is, why it drops against Minnesota. Can you give a little primer on what the net ranking is and how valuable a tool it will be over the next couple of weeks? Well, I can a little bit, but let me preface that by saying way back when, when it first came out, I was talking with uh, Bruce Rasmussen, who obviously was the committee chair when this all kind of developed. And he even looked at me and goes, don't, don't ask me everything because I don't even know. <laughs> <you> know? <laughs> um, it, it's heavily based on predictive metrics. Um, they do throw in the result-based as well. Predictive means Ken Palm, BPI, Sagarin. Um, the best example I can give is if you, if you want to know what a point spread of a game is going to be a week from now and the, the matchup is, if you go to Ken Palm, Kim Pump's pretty darn accurate what the opening line comes out to, okay? Mm-hmm. Sure, there's adjustments, but so so you can kind of think of it in those terms, like they're looking ahead to, how, okay, if those two teams met, how would they do it? Of course, he's got a million stats, you know, offensive efficiency, defensive rebounding, all that stuff. Um, but when you play someone of lesser caliber, a win doesn't necessarily help you. Sometimes you can not play for a week and gain 10 spots in the net just because of what teams mm-hmm. did around you and what teams did that played against you. Mm-hmm. I've kind of felt, I don't, there was no tweaks as far as I know. I kind of felt this year things don't seem to be flowing as normally as they did the last few years. For instance, you know, there's an Arkansas team that, you know, most people have in the middle of their brackets. They're at 14. They've lost a ton of games. Yep. I mean, 
it's not like they're up there. They're right next to Marquette, you know, who's frankly one of the better top 15 teams in the country. I mean, they had a ton of games when they said they lost 10, but they have one bad loss, and yet they just seem to hang at 14 all season long. You know, their their strength of schedule numbers aren't crazy. So, you know, I know you wanted me to, to, to just give everybody a reason why it's <laughs> happening. <laughs> Sometimes you look at this and you can't quite figure out why it's happening. Same way with Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee's hung at three all season long. Win or lose, and they just don't move, and it it, it it baffles me when other teams, you know, take huge jumps and leaps and up and downs. Um, but yeah, and you know, Wisconsin team, you look at their resume, you would think you look at that resume, and you go, they're not seventy two. Yes, that's what they yeah. are, and you have them as the last four in. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, well, speaking of the last four, and I noticed you didn't have Nebraska in there, but uh, but I, what I, I do want to know, I mean, when we do talk about the net rankings and we're, we're kind of getting wrapped up with what Nebraska can do to sort of maybe solidify a spot in the NIT, I mean, are, are you kind of keeping an eye on, on what Nebraska is doing? I mean, from the standpoint of that conversation and what they have, especially in front of them tomorrow with uh, with Michigan State, I mean, I mean, is it, in your opinion, is it a, a you know, pretty strong reality that Nebraska could find themselves there? I am not keeping an eye on the oh, NIT projections. On. I'm, I'm very sorry. You got a lot going this on with this thing? Me, this happened to me one year, though, on like late Friday night before Selection Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Creighton was not going to make the NCAA tournament, and a coach calls me and says, hey, can you draw out what you think the NIT is going to look like? <laughs> sure. I got nothing but time here. <laughs> And you know what? I nailed it, right? Hey! They were, arguing. They, were, they were saying, no way we'll be a four. I go, you're going to be a four. Hey, Tim, we'll can I it. ask but you to uh, take I, a look think, at the NIT this year? NIT. I think Nebraska's NIT bound <laughs> if they just take care of business here. I think, yeah. They just got to have a, a you know, winning record. And I I think they're a very intriguing team. They're kind of fun to watch right yeah. now. Right? They are. They so are. I, I think there's there's something. And obviously, you know the NIT. It's, it's about money. Right. Um, they're gonna they're gonna fill the house. So, yeah, I I, I would think they would be a very uh, good candidate for the NIT. All right, let's talk about Creighton. Uh, a, a week of a loss, a close one to Marquette, which wins the Big East. They're uh, have have been up near the top of your bracket for a while, and as we are two weeks away, they are currently a three seed in your bracket. So a loss to Marquette, and then. The loss on Saturday in Philadelphia. Uh, what will the brackets say to Creighton when they are released? Yours later today, and many others. Where do you have Creighton right now? Yeah, I mean they, they kind of let one game beat them twice. Um, although Villanova played very well Saturday. I mean, you know, Dixon's not going to go six for eight for three very often. But that's you know, Mac loses a game or two every year. Because of his strategy, he also wins about a dozen games because of his strategy. Okay, so you kind of got to take it. But he was just going to say, "Hey, Dixon's not going to beat us. You know, he's going to hit shoot thirty percent for three. Let's let him shoot. You know, mm-hmm. you know, the rest is history." And and the team just didn't come out with the energy. You could tell that lost Marquette was still hanging with them. Um, they dropped significantly in my bracket. They're down to the number one seven seed when it comes out later today. Oh. Um. Now, let's talk about the good news. The good news is when you start dropping, that means, hey, guess what? Des Moines open. <laughs> yes. So they got 
they got the number one selection in the seventh season. They get to go play Des Moines, and maybe potentially we can relive that 81-51 game of Doug's last game against Baylor. Um, but there, there are some other things that happen. Maryland just continues to win, and when I just compared the resume of yeah. Maryland to Creighton, pretty darn close, and all all across the board, and gosh, Maryland's got a couple more wins and playing in, obviously, in a very good conference. Uh, I, I gave them the edge over Creighton. Um, them and Duke, all three were very, very, very close. Um, that 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 bunch right there is very con- confusing because you got a San Diego State team that I have the number one six seed, but I really think they should be a five, but mm-hmm. there's nowhere for them to go because the fives are so solid. Yeah. Um, you know, you, right now I think you have to move TCU up there. They're they're playing back, you know, healthy and playing very well. So, uh, you know, it all's not lost. You know, look, some people are like, oh my god, what if we lose these games? We lose Big East, we eighteen fourteen. They're playing an epically horrible Georgetown. Yeah. Who yep. after yesterday, it's pretty clear the rumors are all out there. It looks like they've given up. And DePaul, uh, DePaul to me is probably one of the more disappointing teams. I thought they had some nice pieces that they were going to make a move this year, and they have not done so. So, I don't know. It does it does put Creighton in a really bad spot though, because they're four or five against UConn and Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Opening round of the Big East. Man, that's tough. That's really tough. And even if they win that, then you've got to go Marquette Xavier. You're next to. Yeah. That's a tough road. Well, and I'm I'm glad you sort of brought up the the net rankings and the predictive metrics of it too, because I I, I would say if if we're looking at Creighton as a seven currently today, a lot of people are probably wondering, okay, then what is the ceiling? I mean, if this were if this is exactly where maybe the committee had them, what would you say the ceiling would be? Because you mentioned sort of that solid five line right now, and look, we've got another week of regular season basketball before we get into conference tournament play. I mean, they were as high as a three could. I mean, I'm not even saying a three, but could you see them find themselves back into a five, possibly a four, with a real solid run here this weekend in New York? Uh, yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on that sixth line right now is Northwestern, who looked to be pretty solid on that sixth, but I'm mm-hmm. not so sure now. I mean, they've, they've got to finish out their season too, right? The problem is this. And we've seen it in the last couple of years. It's really raised its ugly head. Is people don't realize the committee pretty much has the bracket done by Friday morning. Yeah. Who they have in the team and most of it seated. Yeah. They go through and do scrubs. But as we have seen, AKA Texas A&M, they don't take a lot of conference tournament action into play. They they do, but and I think the general public just has a recent bias. Right, like say, like they said, somebody just uh, tweeted at me last night. Well, Donso had a good weekend, so I think they should move up. You gotta look at the entire right, resume. Yeah. Those games in November mean just as much as a game in a, in a conference tournament. And I think we, all of us, including myself, we take a we just oh, a team lost in the first round of the conference tournament. Let's drop them down the line. Well, that's not necessarily yeah. the case. You got to keep looking at the big picture, and because of that. I think it's tough to move up during conference tournaments. Mm-hmm. Now, look, maybe this committee will be a little different. I, I'll, I'll throw this out there, though, and I think it's very important. I understand they aren't in the room when the discussion goes on. I get that. But you know what? They, you know what they are? 
they're in the they're in the dining room talking to one another. They're at the ice cream machine talking to one another. You've got this kind of explains the reveal, right? You've got Jamie Pollard and the K State athletic director both on the committee. Yeah. You've got I didn't even know this until I until Mick Ronan opened his mouth. You got the Arizona AD on the committee. Obviously, that's yeah. what he was talking about. Yeah. Somebody trying to screw them for leaving the league. <laughs> You've got an Indiana starting point guard as the head of your committee. Ah, maybe that's why Indiana's. You know, I don't. I don't want to throw conspiracy theories out, but sometimes <laughs> I'm just saying sometimes these things do make a little bit of difference. Uh-huh. Now. I think you'd have a tough time defending Iowa State right now, though, because they're in a tailspin. Yeah, they lost three in a row, seven of their last uh, nine. That loss to Oklahoma this weekend was bad. Let's uh, let's go back to the Big Ten. So you got nine teams. Tim Kruger joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at TK uh, Brackets. Purdue, speaking of Iowa State, uh, and, and Otzelberger has, has to find a cure for them going south right now. Uh, Matt Painter has a team that has lost four of six. They got swept by Indiana. They shot 35% from the floor. I like IU because I like their guards in terms of who could make it to the second weekend out of the Big Ten. Purdue is still a one. How much longer does Purdue remain a number one seed? Are any of the number one? I should probably ask this, Tim. You have Alabama, Purdue, Kansas, Houston. That's been pretty consistent now for a while. Is... Purdue of those four, the most likely to be in trouble if they they can't get out of this tailspin? No question, but the problem is this. UCLA in and of itself should be a one seed just by what they've done. Mm -hmm. But when you look at their resume, because they're four, they're four in the net, Purdue's five. So they're right together, right? Uh, One game separating them as far as record and so forth. Strength of schedule, almost exactly the same. You look up and down. But when you look at Purdue's resume, if I was going to ask you this, Gary, how many top 50 net wins does UCLA have without looking? Three. Oh, very good, Gary. Very good. They have three. You know how many top 25 net wins Purdue has? Uh, I, You know what? And the only reason I know this is because I looked it up maybe two weeks ago. I'm going to add at seven. No, they have top 25. They have oh, four. Okay. They have four, and they also beat number 26, West Virginia. So that would make yeah. it five. So there you can see the gap. Okay. Like, they've just had so many more high-quality wins. Granted, more opportunities, um, but not that many. Two. They've only played two more Quadrant 1 games than, than UCLA, and they're 9-4, and four, and UCLA's 7-4. Uh, and four. Now, this weekend's huge for UCLA. If they want a one seed, they got to win Saturday. And it probably didn't do them any favors that Arizona lost that game Saturday because they're going to come in hot. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a huge game uh, Saturday. That, that probably could swing it, depending on what Purdue does and so forth. But yep. that could swing it with a victory there. They could move. Gosh, they would be, what, 20, 27-4? and four? That's pretty darn good for a power school to not be a number one seed. Hey, a couple of things we'll get you out of here. Uh, begins tonight. Uh, what games of significance are you going to be watching this week? I know West Virginia is in Ames to take on Iowa State today. Um, any other games that are, are vital, that are on the radar this week before teams get into conference tournaments? Yeah, I think it's those bottom teams uh, I, I mentioned last night. I, I mentioned it during the uh, 
when they were down 19, but now that's kind of a maybe a little bit more of a moot point with Rutgers, yeah. but and, and probably a moot point with Penn State as well since they lost that game. But I think um, you've got to look at Oklahoma State, West Virginia. They're they're going to be tough because you're going to sit there and go, will the committee actually put somebody in that's one game over 500 in their conference? You know, uh, or excuse me, one game over for their total record and significantly underwater in their conference record. Um, so Oklahoma State, West Virginia, um, I, I don't know that USC can hurt itself or help itself all that much right now. They're kind of where they are. North Carolina, this huge week yeah. for them. They've got to beat Duke. Uh, they beat Duke, I think you can make a case. And Whew. the team that's on the come right now is Michigan. Yep, that, they, they, they did work this past they've week. They've got an, I think, probably – the best chance of anybody that's outside the bubble right now of making not only into the tournament, but maybe even being out of the first four if they go on a little Ooh, run here. Wow. Wow. Because they, I mean, that's... they look like an NCAA team to me. Um, they just haven't, they're, they're, they've climbed that record. That record was underwater for a while now. They're up to 17 to 12. So they can tack on a couple more. I think they're pretty safe. Um, but one of those teams is probably going to drop out. The, you know, and Wisconsin yeah. would be the other one too. Yeah. They, they can't at a seventy net. They can't hang. They can't. They can't have any more uh, uh, stumbles here. They've they've got to get some some more victories on the docket. So I think Michigan and Wisconsin, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, those would be the four I'd be watching right now to see if they can get in out. And then you kind of got to look at the Mountain West, see what happens there. Um, I don't know if Utah's going to have enough chance. Utah State enough chances to get in. But hey, for people that. Uh, followed and have uh, listened to you here on the zone uh, last year was a great great thing there's there's a lot of people that do what you do but there's only a few that do it really well and take a vested interest year round in doing the brackets and doing it the right way and you guys all got together and did a mock selection committee process before the real mock selection committee a week later it's back again this year tell our listeners how they can uh, follow along uh, doing this again because it was really enjoyable and very informative last year by the way yeah, and I think that's the big part. We want to inform everybody what they're going to see in the committee room because we follow all the NCAA procedures and policies and rules. So, uh, yeah, it's going to kick off Thursday night, uh, 6 o'clock Central. It's, uh, it's the Mock Selection Committee sponsored by Godfather's Pizza. It's going to be on 6 at we'll – at, we'll have five different sessions throughout the weekend, Thursday night, Friday night at 6, Saturday morning at 9, and Sunday morning at 10. And then we'll have a half-hour, hour show at the end where we release the bracket and so forth. But you can go on our YouTube channel, Mock Selection Committee. You can watch the whole thing live. If you missed part of it, you can go back and watch the tape episodes. You know, maybe later on, maybe you're looking for a specific team of what what were the deep and deep discussions on this team. And I think you'll be amazed when you see the process. It'll kind of help you to understand how the committee comes about where they are. Mm. And last thing, oh, we got a big thing happen to us last night. We got a foul on Twitter by one of the actual committee members. Oh, Hi-oh. All, right. all right. Maybe a guy people here have heard of. That's all I'll say. All right. Tell, okay. uh, tell uh, Jamie hello when you DM Ah, <laughs> uh, it wasn't Jamie. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Closer. Closer, Gary. Closer. All right. Well, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'm looking forward to it. I uh, appreciate all your uh, hard work, and this will be out later today. And, of course, uh, all the good stuff that is up on uh, Blue Jay Banner as well. Yep, we'll talk to the we'll talk next uh, Monday about the mock uh, selection. We will. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Here we go. Yep.
uh, 13 days from now, it is uh, the bracket will be out. Selection or selection Sunday is 13 days from now. Two weeks from now, we'll be going over the bracket. By the That's way, nuts, by the way. The, 13 days. Yeah, it's flying by. Like the basketball season is essentially over. Yeah, yep. it's it's gone by quick. It's fun time. Uh, oh, by the way, Tim Miles, San Jose State is not in the running for the Tim's bracket, but Tim Miles has won 17 games this year. Mm-hmm. Remember that guy? Michael Lewis has had a good year at Ball State. They've won 20. Yep. Craig Smith is doing well at Utah. Hmm. But good on that's the Tim Miles plan. Year number two. Yep. They go from tearing it down to in a program that's been putrid to building it back up, and now they've won 17 games uh, this year. How about we get San Jose State and Nebraska in the NIT? I was just thinking that. Oh, my gosh. Who, what, who would be more uncomfortable, Creighton against Drake in the NCAA tournament or San Jose State against Nebraska in the NIT tournament? I think Creighton-Drake still. And I also think that it, now if Bill Moose was still here, you know, and if you're you're having that game with San Jose State and you're in Pinnacle Bank Arena, okay, maybe that's a little bit more uncomfortable. But I, I think I think Travis is comfortable with it. I, I don't think Fred doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to be like, like, oh man, this is weird. Like I just I don't see Fred sort of feeling that. I, I think Mac having coached with D Rock and him being such a big part of it. I, I think I still think it's more comfortable. But I think from the fan standpoint, I think the fans. For Nebraska basketball are still kind of like, how am I supposed to feel about this? No, I think fans would love it. They'd be like, man, I like the two guys that are coaching in this yeah. game, Fred Hoiberg and Tim Miles. Right. I think they'd be conflicting on how they're supposed to feel about it. Uh, coming up uh, in an hour, Jacob Bigelow will get his thoughts on uh, Nebraska basketball, their win against Minnesota, the huge game tomorrow night against Michigan State. Don't forget, they finish in Iowa City on Sunday against Iowa. Uh, but senior night, tomorrow night, four will be honored. One of them technically is not a senior. His name is Tomanaga. Parents are in town. He'll go through uh, senior night festivities. So Jacob will join us and Joel Lorenzi as well. The award-winning Joel Lorenzi uh, will join us coming up at 940. His thoughts on Creighton Villanova and what is ahead for Georgetown and DePaul to finish out the regular season and potentially try and avoid playing UConn in that 4-5 game at MSG. We're back with more Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. 